Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Welcome back to the Creation Innovation Podcast. Today, we are talking with somebody who was on a fellow list of entrepreneurs to watch, top life coaches to watch in 2023, Stacey Brass Russell. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Tracy is a life coach, a transformational life and business coach, former Broadway actress, and she's been a yoga teacher for over 20 years as well. She now helps people to transform their lives in many different ways, but really focuses on business and how to get people to be recognized and to really get that out to the world. So I love that so much because I think a lot of people that start on this path think they have a great idea and think that they really do have something, but then they start to go into this imposter syndrome, right, of, of like, maybe I'm not that great, or maybe my best kept secret isn't that great. So tell us a little bit about what you do and how you coach people to, to get them out there and have that confidence. Mm, yes. Thank you. Thanks for that introduction. Um, yeah. So, I, I, in, you know, I exactly agree. Um, very. So the people that I tend to attract and work with, are a lot like me. I think that's something that we all experience yeah. as coaches, right? Um, yes. And so what that means is I attract a lot of people that are soulful and service-based and that have, um, you know, come to the conclusion that they want to, you know, be in service and help other people. And a lot of times what comes along with that is that what you're doing isn't necessarily something that you have a PhD in or that you went to it might not even be the thing you went to college for. And what comes along with that is a lot of, like you said, imposter syndrome. And therefore also a lot of um, knowing that they want to do the work that they do, but not knowing how to attract clients. And what comes along with attracting clients is being able to really like put yourself out there and, and be excited about your offer and really like act like you're the shit, right? And you, you really have to have that energy for people to come work with you and you have to be visible and be willing to uh, whatever that looks like, whether it's on social media or just getting out, networking, talking to people. But m in my experience over the years, this is one of the number one things that holds people back. So the idea of like going from being a best kept secret to, you know, really visible and um, attracting clients has everything to do with getting more confident in how you talk about what you do. And then, of course, if we reverse engineer that, it has to do with getting clear on your niche, getting clear on your like your passionate mission, like why did you decide to do this? And then how do we basically create the message and the content that you want to use to attract people? So um, there is a lot of 
work that we have to do to, to overcome our fear of what other people are going to think and, you know, thinking that we're not an expert enough or that we're not ready or, you know, all of that stuff. All the crazy stories we tell ourselves. Well, it sounds like you kind of are a combination between life coach and business coach. And what I'm hearing that and why I say that is because you say choosing your niche and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas when I started life coaching in 2008, it wasn't really a thing. People are like, of course, you're a life coach and you live in California and you eat sushi and do yoga probably, right? And right. now everyone is a life coach of some sort. But I think that when when we started, it was really what they talked about a lot was what is your niche? What are, Who are you talking to, right? Right. Really honing in on what that is. Are you a business coach? Are you a relationship coach? Are you a divorce coach? Are you a fertility coach? Whatever that is. Right. And now it seems like there's so many paths that when people maybe leave their nine to five, they can say, yeah, I went through this. I can consider myself an expert in this. I know 10% more than the next person, or I want to help someone who's maybe going through this or whatever. But there's still that that small amount of people that don't quite have that idea, but know they're not happy in what they're doing, right? Right. And it sounds like maybe you kind of help them figure that out to a degree of what that is going to be, and then take it a step further to say, what's your offer going to be? Because that's another exactly. place where people get stuck is like, right. hey, I know I want to do fertility coaching, but I have no idea what my offer is going to be or how that's going to land with people or whatever. So if somebody's coming to you and they say, okay, I feel like I'm finally going to take that step to leave my nine to five. I'm just not feeling fulfilled. I realize that life is too short. I want to have some flexibility. I want to be my own boss. I want to have the ability to make however much I want to make and et cetera, et cetera. Where would somebody even start with you, Stacey? Woo. All right. I love <laughs> this question. So yes. So one of the things that I call myself is an organic funnel strategist. And so Ooh, I don't that's want amazing. Any, yeah, I don't want anyone here to get scared of the word funnel. And actually, so many people over the years have said to me, oh my God, when I hear you talk about funnels, I finally don't get anxious, right? Because I'm not referring to like some fancy webinar automation funnel, but I've built my whole business and how I help other people build their businesses is by creating a strategy where you have an offer and then everything that you do in the world to attract the right people for your offer is what I call your funnel and, and it's content based. So when someone comes to work with me, how do we figure all of this out? Well, the very first thing is that I take people through a very, very amazing process of self-discovery because niche is not only about who your other person is that you work with, right? I never use the word avatar. It's just like not my jam because I actually believe that your niche is a much more holistic look. It's it's not only who you serve, like who is that person, but it's also who are you and what are you going to basically be the most expert at at solving, right? Or uh, what problem are you going to be the most expert at solving? And how do you really help people? And then what we do is we really do craft what I call your signature transformational system, which is the sort of the umbrella of, of your thought leadership. It's kind of like your passion. It's, it's how we put all your gifts and skills together into what you really do. And then what I call offers is 
everything that you then create based on that signature system. And we do that through a process of really honing in on what are your skills? Like, what are you the most passionate about doing? How are you the most passionate about helping people? And how can we turn that into essentially a tangible service that someone will pay for? And one of the things that a lot of coaches come up against when they first come out of whatever their certification is or whatever they want to do is that they realize that telling someone what coaching is, is really difficult because it's very esoteric and it's hard to describe and they're stumbling over their words. And that's really the first thing that I work on with my clients is how can we talk about what you do? Not as like, well, you know, we get together once a week for, you know, X amount of months and we just talk and I help you figure out what's stopping you or slowing you down from getting what you want because it's just too generic. So what I help people do- And I love that you say all that because it's, again, in 2008, people didn't know what a coach, a life coach was. Exactly. Now we're dealing with the same sort of thing with fertility coaches. People don't know what a fertility coach is. So once they come out of the FCA, the Fertility Coach Academy, they're having a hard time of communicating that to their doctors that maybe they're partnering with, the acupuncturist, whomever that might be, of how do I- put that to paper. So I love that you mentioned that specifically. Right. It's the how do I support, right? So it's kind of like what I want all the coaches to be able to do is is when, when they're talking to someone about working with them or to a doctor who they'd like to have referrals from or whatever, is to be able to set yourself apart by saying, well, when I work with a client, these are the five, I'll just use that as a number, but these are the five pillars or the five steps of of the journey that I take the clients on to help them to go from, and, you know, I know a lot about fertility because that was part of my journey, you know, to help them go from really being overwhelmed and confused about the process and about making decisions and how to take care of themselves and, you know, how to, how to survive physically, mentally, and emotionally the, you know, the, the fertility journey to I walk them through these 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 pillars or these steps or this journey so that in the end they can really be really empowered. I'm just making this up, but like so that we can tell somebody how we do it. So maybe the pillars for a fertility coach is that she's going to always tell someone we're going to look at your nutrition. We're going to look at, you know, how to manage the emotions of transfers and what to do, you know, like whatever. But it's really right. being able to say – this is what how I'm going to help you. Which is priceless for somebody who's just starting out to wonder where do they even begin? Because I think that's a big part of the puzzle. You can get the knowledge that you need from a coaching perspective, but then how do you turn that into a business that's going to make you money? And the, this is the way that you do that, is figuring out how what your, fun, your offer is and your funnel. And for anybody who's listening, not knowing what the funnel is, we all kind of joke in this online industry because everybody right. has a funnel and or multiple funnel, funnels right. that are going to this, that, and whatever. And it really does take a lot of time for, from my perspective is what I say, my what sparks me up is the one-on-ones when I get to speak to my clients and help them through that. The funnels and all the admin and all of that stuff, right. not so much. Well, That's the not reason where why, I find joy. 
the reason why I call it an organic funnel is because what I really am referencing is that we all need to have some simple strategy for how we attract the people that would want our offer. And then, and this is something that I think so many coaches are disillusioned about is that you come out of your training or your program. And of course, it's the job of your program to make it seem like all you have to do is start telling people that you have that you're a coach and that you have a discovery call and that everyone's going to want that free call. And then they're going to talk to you and they're going to become your client. And in my experience and all my clients experience, it doesn't always go that quickly. So what right. a funnel is, is like the process that someone may get to go through to just get to know you a little more or to get a little value from you or to have some sort of experience of you. So when I say organic funnel, I help people create that free content that they're putting out, whether it's a talk or a workshop or their, you know, their free resource that someone might download. And we develop all of that in alignment with your service, with your offer, so that if someone takes you up on these free things, they're going to be the kind of person you work with, but you're, they're also going to have an opportunity to get a little nurturing to help them along the journey because not everybody is like, you know, not everybody understands the value of coaching. Sometimes we have to give them a taste for them to then go, you know what? I do want to talk to you and see how you can help me. Which, again, going back to that, once you step out into that coaching process, whatever that may be, whether you're doing a certification with some someone or you're just going to step out on your own to do it, this information and what Stacy offers is priceless to have somebody to hold your hand through it. Otherwise, you can spend hours and hours and hours trying to come up with this yourself and really distract yourself from what you're trying to do, right? I've seen people that spend, you know, 12 weeks trying to build the offer instead of just getting one foot in front of the other and starting, right? So we're even focusing on things like their website. You know, I always tell people yes. like, what you want is a client, right? You 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 come out, you're raring to go, you want to work with someone, you really want a client, you'd like to start making some money in your business, but then all of the activities that you do are the ones that you that I call it hiding behind your computer. Yes. You think, well, I got to have a website first and I've got to do this first and I've got to do that first. And, and, and that's what I mean by it. I help people come out of hiding and get visible, right. Or stop being a best kept secret, right. Is because right. that's not going to help you create a client. And so the, the stuff that attracts and creates clients is that is making connection. It's getting out there and, and finding any way that you can to start conversations with people. And unless you're meeting them, which you may in real life, in the online space, which a lot of people are want to leave their nine to fives because what they want is an online business. They know that there are people using social media and whatever to attract clients, but there's more to it. If you're using the online space, you actually have to be pretty specific about what you do and who you serve. Right. And you mentioned visibility. And I always say visibility equals profitability. You need to be visible in, yeah. in order for that to circle back to you. But I've also found and you in your bio, you were on Broadway. And I think a lot of people that were are and were actresses find it a lot easier to do that, right? To show up in this way and and get in front of people. Whereas me, who I'm 
very introverted, never did anything like that. It's not so easy, right? So it, it feels like a lot of a heavier lift, even yeah. though it's my life's mission, my life's work. I will talk to the wall about it every day, as I say often. But it feels very different for me to get out in front of people than it might for, you know, there's several people that I know in the industry that also were on Broadway. And I'm like, it's so, it's like getting on stage for them again. They love that, right? They love to be talking about it and getting up in front. So what do you say to people like myself who it's just not natural to do that? Yeah. So, well, one thing is that everything is practicable, right? So, you know, there are many, many ways that we can practice. I literally am teaching a course right now called From Free to Fee, which is like part of what I do, which is I help people create free content that they use to attract clients. And yesterday's lesson, the class I taught was on like how to deliver your content. And what we emphasized like for the whole time was we have to write a script, We have to practice over and over and over again till we get really comfortable. So in the beginning, there is a lot that goes into the behind the scenes if you want to use this as one of the ways that you put yourself out there, right? I mean, some Mm -hmm. people write, you know, some people use writing or blogging or whatever, but the way that things are these days putting your face and voice out there is it's kind of essential just because of how many people are doing it. So if you're not, you get a little left behind. So you can go to Toastmasters. You can work with a coach like me. I literally help my my clients with their, you know, I call it finding your authentic voice, right? So that you're really speaking from the heart. When we're really connected, I believe this though, when we're really connected to our passion and our mission, speaking about it is much easier because it's not really coming from like our head, but it's coming from deep inside and it sort of flows. So there's a lot of ways that we can get really connected to that in order to start building up that muscle. It's a muscle. I really do think it's a muscle. It's a visibility muscle. Right. And what I say to myself and to other coaches who can relate to how I feel is that when we are not putting ourselves out there, we're not serving someone who might need to hear what we have to say today, right? And that in and of itself gets me to be like, okay, I'll record some social media content today. I love you know, that. Because I love that. It, it I doesn't call it become like, about me anymore, right? Yeah. You're denying, I say like, if you're not making offers and putting yourself out there, just imagine you're denying the people that need you <laughs> of knowing about you. You're like, you're literally right. denying them. Yeah. Yes. And it it seems a little bit self-centered in a way, but really when you look at it from a larger perspective, it's true. And I think, you know, from what you do, I need your help. And I know that people, when I was in my situation, I needed my help, right? So it's like, it's all this trickle down effect of, yes, I... I, there's value there in whatever you are coming to. Everybody's unique. Everyone has a different voice. And somebody out there does need your help in whatever form that is. Um, so and I want to switch gears a little bit. I know you also talk a lot about your nervous system and regulating nervous system. And mm-hmm. I, we talk about that all the time with my fertility coach or coaches and clients as well, right? getting that cortisol level where it needs to be, regulating yep. the nervous system because we're at a heightened sense all pretty much all the time when we're in yep. this this realm. So how does that relate to what you do with your work 
um, versus, of course, what we do from our perspective with a medical side of things. Yeah. So, you know, I come from a 20-year background. I used to own a yoga studio here in New York City. Um, so I've been teaching yoga for many years. And so my, I, I would say my obsession with the yoga, with the um, nervous system has 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 been with me for a long time. I became a very, a leading expert in teaching restorative yoga. Like, you know, that was one of my sort of signature things. And I've taught so many yoga teachers advanced trainings on restoration. So um, how does it come into the work that I do with my clients now? Well, when our nervous systems are in overdrive, it's very, very difficult to feel clear, to feel present. We tend, that's when we tend to get overwhelmed. It's, it's, it's how we end up feeling like anxiety. It's when we start to feel like our business is um, taking over and we're worrying about our business. So you know, I start every one of my coaching sessions with my clients with some sort of centering, breathing, grounding, um, because I really do know that when we can shift, you know, we're not shifting completely into the parasympathetic nervous system to do a coaching session, but I really do believe that we need to regulate our nervous systems um, pretty much daily in order to be in our higher vibration, right? The, when our nervous systems are overburdened um, and they're weighted down, that's when we feel weighted down and overburdened. So, right. you know, there's so many reasons why knowing how to work with our nervous system. And just to go back to what you were just saying and what we were talking about, about expressing yourself, using your voice, all of that. Um, we must be out of our sort of, I call it the outgoing brain and much more tuned in to our hearts and our, and our guts in order to really speak from the heart, in order to feel like we're being our most authentic selves. And when you're a personal brand, when you're a solopreneur, you are the business, you are the brand, you are that which attracts the clients. Like I know it's ultimately, they're not investing in you, they're investing in themselves, but what draws people to you is you. And so you have to be able to be you. And we have to know how to shift out of all the stuff that comes up in all of our brains, scarcity, fear, all of that stuff. You can't go into a discovery call feeling desperate and, and, and a scarcity mindset over money and whatever, you have to be able to override that. Even if you're feeling stressed about money, when you show up to the discovery call, you need to be in a shifted different place to have that conversation with a future client. That's all nervous system work. And it's so important because not only, again, in relation to fertility, but always does it affect our health, right? You're Absolutely. talking about the mental state of how we show up in the world, but that over time just starts to break down all other systems in our body, which is why it, it really is so important. So I, I love that you bring that to somebody's recognition when they're working on something that they may be seemingly totally not aware of the fact that it affects this part of their their life and their business and whatnot, which is very cool. I love that that holistic approach to to everything that you're doing. And how did you get to become a life coach? Tell us a little bit about your backstory of how you ended up from yoga teacher and Broadway star to, to now <laughs> helping people on this path. Well, you know, it's funny when I was teaching yoga and I was 
you know, teaching uh, so many people. I was teaching uh, hundreds of teachers in the world that have my name on their certificate. You know, I've trained so many people and spoke to so many people one-on-one. And one of the things that I became very aware of in the yoga world was that people would come to yoga and seek the more like kind of immediate feeling and benefit. Like they come from a really stressful day or they're they've got stuff going on in their life that's not going well, or they, you know, like toxic work environment, blah, 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 whatever. And they'd come to yoga and sort of have this like exhale, be like, oh, now I feel better, you know? And then they'd leave. And as soon as they went back out into the real world, everything else was just the same. And then they'd, their reaction would be, you know, like, oh, you know, now I'm not in my Zen anymore. And I started learning that people weren't really understanding the connection between what you do with achieving that state in your nervous system, how you then are meant to actually take action from there. So what was happening was people were getting into some sort of shifted state, but not taking action. And what coaching is about, which I'm sure you know, is about action, right? Coaching is not about just sitting and getting into like feeling better. It's about, well, what do we do when we finally get your your brain and body into the right place to make empowered decisions, to take action, to, you know, to kind of like be able to have clarity about what you want and what you want to do. And so becoming a coach felt like the most natural thing for me to help all of these people that I was helping to get into this sort of state. But then I wasn't doing anything to help them take action from that place. And coaching is about the fact that from that place, you can actually then really change your life and you can make empowered decisions and you can overcome fear and all of the things that keep us from evolving. And that's really what was the initial um, kind of reason that I, I became a health and life coach, right? And it was because of all of that. And then how I I often say I became an accidental business coach because (laughs) I became a coach. And then in my coaching community and the school I went to, I ended up winning this challenge, uh, which was to make $10,000 in 10 weeks as a coach. My school actually put out this challenge and I was very visible. I won that challenge. I, I, I spoke on stage in front of 800 coaches. This is before the pandemic when we still had live events. (laughs) And after that, all of these coaches were reaching out to me and saying, how are you making money? How are you getting clients? And at first I was just helping people. I was just talking to them, saying, well, I'll jump on a call with you. And then after, you know, 20 people, I realized, wait a minute, all of these coaches are are not focusing on the right thing. They, you know, and I had so much experience creating workshops and trainings and courses and being visible um, and I real, and that's how I was getting coaching clients. And so I said, well, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. And so I created a group program for these coaches that I just knew and they all signed up and that's kind of history. Like after that, it was in demand and little by little, I started realizing that what everybody needed was help with like putting the words to like what they really were teaching and saying and their expertise and their niche. And it was something that I had been doing for so long in the yoga classroom, you know? And so that's kind of how everything evolved. 
I'm so glad that I asked that question because I think a lot of people feel, again, stuck in, I don't have the words and therefore right. I can't succeed as a coach. Right. And that's just not true. Sometimes we need somebody like Stacy to help us to figure out, I'll help you get to those words. Do those words resonate with you? Yes or no? Great. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's move forward with that. And that doesn't mean that you aren't capable of coaching or whatnot, because marketing and coaching are very different. Just because exactly. you can be a great coach and you know you've been called to do that doesn't mean that marketing is going to come easy to you. And it sounds like for Stacy, that's just always come pretty easy for her and being visible, which are a great combination when you're trying to help others on this path, because so many people need that, that little push and that confidence and that like you said at the beginning, I'm going to get you out of a hiding and here are some ideas to help you do that. So I think it's such an amazing offer, no pun intended, that you bring to the world because <laughs> you. it is such a needed thing, especially now that, like I said, life coaches are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere and yeah. everybody needs to figure out what it is and who it is that they're speaking to and what those yeah. words are going to be. So, well, you know, and if it's okay, I want to add one last thing, which yes, is, please. you know, even when I was training teachers to be yoga teachers, all of these teachers would come to me and they'd say, how do you do it? How do you just seamlessly weave inspiration and philosophy into the class, into the physical asana class? Right. And I would say, it's because I know my like top like three, four, five things that like yoga what I'm the most passionate about when it comes to yoga, like my ideas, my conviction. And I just stick with that. That's what I teach. I don't have to teach everything anyone ever said about yoga. Yoga is a thousands of years old spiritual, physical, and mental, you know, practice. I, I'm, it's not my job to try and be generic about it. It's my job to be the vessel and say, look, this is, this is what I what I feel that I can really speak on and I'm going to share that. And I think that that's true for ourselves as coaches, right? It's kind of like, what's your thing? Like, what is your passion? What's the reason you decided to do this, right? What is the number one reason why you decided to do this? What really resonates with you? What do you care the most about? Lean into that. Like, that's what you, you don't have to be able to talk about every single thing. You don't have to have a bazillion topics. That is actually what makes you generic and what makes it harder for anyone to sort of see you and go, I want that person to be my coach, right? The more generic you are, the less someone's going to be able to really go, I really like what she talks about. That feels like it would work for me. I'm going to talk to her. And, you know, it's really about having that confidence and that conviction to lean in to like what it is that you feel the most passionate about. Could not agree more. And just to add to that, I, it's okay if that passion changes, right? Oh, totally. You, you may have one, be on the track with one thing for a few years or a few months, and then you decide something else sparks your interest within that field. And you're like, actually, I'm going to talk about this now. And that's okay too. But that kind of goes back to when I tell people not to spend all the time and money on their website, because that could change. It's going to change a hundred percent. And that's right. why I tell people don't do that first. Right. Like I literally was having a conversation with someone who specializes in SEO and website traffic the other day from a networking group. And, you know, and 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 I and he said, we reject 
whatever you said, I don't know, 30% of the people that come to us because we won't work with anybody who doesn't actually have like really amazing clarity on their niche and message. And that made me so happy. I was like, oh my God, thank God you're not Mm -hmm. taking the money from people who have no business yet working with someone like you because because your your website needs to be a reflection of like your niche and your message. And so it's backwards if you think you should do it before you've kind of hung out for a little while with your business and, right. you know, had some clients and tested things out and really started to feel like what what does feel right to you when you're like saying it and talking about it, you know? Right. And now there's so many ways to do that outside of a website, which we didn't have before, which is so exactly. cool. So, circling back real quick, I want to touch, did you have your own fertility story? I do have a fertility story. You yes. mentioned when you said transfer, I was like, not very many people throw that word around without knowing too much about it. Are you open to sharing that with our audience? I am. You might want a whole other episode with me, but okay. yeah. So um, I will tell you the brief history, which is um, I didn't meet my husband till I was oh, till I was 42. I was 41 turning 42. And um, I, I knew, I was like, even before we got married, I was like, we better start trying, you know. And um, my doctor had said to me, if you're not pregnant by the time you get back from your honeymoon, then you definitely need to go to a fertility uh, specialist. And so I started IVF with my own eggs and body. My FSH was great. You know, I had tons of eggs, whatever. We started um, IVF with my body um, when I was 43. And um, we did three rounds. Uh, I got pregnant on one round and had a miscarriage. Uh, We never did um, any uh, testing of the embryos because at my age, the assumption was there's only going to be a certain percentage of the eggs that are good anyway. So there's no risk of like multiples if we just like, you know, transfer and and take our chances. And so we did that three times. And um, we also were, I was owning a yoga studio for, you know, I was in the second year of business. My husband, you know, had a salary, but Uh, We definitely were not in a position to just, we had to make some decisions. And so we decided to go with donor egg. And so we then invested in a round of donor and it was a bum cycle. Mm, Our donor was a proven donor, but she hadn't, on our cycle, she didn't have a really great response and we didn't get a ton of embryos and we transferred and I didn't get pregnant. Then uh, we did... another donor cycle with a donor egg invested fully in that and used the embryos and that didn't work. And the whole time I was asking my doctor, do we need to test my uterus? Like, you know, and she was saying, no, like, you know, this is just unfortunately. Anyway, I then, we could no longer afford to do that. And so I being the the resilient go-getter that I am, um, we talked about Uh, Oh, I know. My doctor at that time said, I have a patient who has a ton of frozen embryos left. She's a single woman who did this when she was in her 50s. She used both donor egg and donor sperm. And I know she's not going to have any more kids. I'm going to ask her if she would donate her remaining embryos to you. And we were like, oh my God, that would be incredible. And so she approached the woman and the woman originally said yes. 
And then we were going through the whole legal thing. And then the woman all of a sudden decided that she wanted to like have a relationship and she wanted to put into the contract that like all this stuff. And we started to feel not comfortable. So it fell through, but that was what gave us the idea that people donate embryos. So then we went down the road of joining websites that like where people, you know, it's almost like a dating website, you know, where you can like apply for donor embryos. We had a set of embryos donated to us by an amazing couple that we talked to for months We got the embryos. They were not amazing quality. They had been tested. They were not abnormal, but they weren't great quality. Okay. And I had a miscarriage. And then we had the opportunity to have two more donated embryos, at which point I left my doctor. And so remember, I'm now 50. Okay. We left – no, when that was happening. I'm now 55, but at that time. And we left my doctor because everything in my being was saying that there was something wrong with the way that she was, something had to be wrong. Uh-huh. And the reason why we hadn't left earlier was because at my age, there's a lot of stigma around, um, around doing fertility treatments with doctors that don't know enough about donor embryos. Like it's just too weird for a lot of right. doctors. And so the reason I stayed with my other doctor was because I, I knew it would be difficult to get a a doctor to take a 49 year old new patient to do something really experimental, like deal with getting embryos shipped from shipped from another state and all this stuff. Um, and so, but I didn't want to waste those last two embryos. And so I did all this research and I found an amazing doctor who like took me on and she did all this other testing. And we found out that like my lining of my uterus had actually never really, she had all my records. We found out that my, that my other doctor was doing transfers on linings that were not oh really goodness. optimal. Wow. And, um, we did all this testing. I did a treatment for like, we found some, you know, whatever, uh, um, not abnormal cells, but like bacteria. Um, and we did a, all this stuff to set me up. And we tried many, many, many uh, cycles where we did all of the lining buildup. And when we didn't have the right lining, this was an amazing doctor. She would say, let's let's cancel the cycle and start over because we're not going to put these embryos until we have the right lining. And after enough time, this all went through the pandemic. And after enough tries, we we did we did use both embryos. And on my very last try, I got pregnant and I had a miscarriage and those were tested. So what we know is that my uterine lining, we just could never actually get the, I'm going to get really detailed now. We could never get the thickness and the triple line together. It was either thickness and no triple or triple and no thickness. And we Mm. both agreed that if we could get the triple, that she felt that that was better than thickness. And so that's what we finally agreed to. And that last transfer was when I was already 52. I'm now 55. Um, And, you know, my husband and I, I have the most amazing husband. And our whole philosophy was we're going to do everything that we can do because we do not believe in living with regret. And we don't have regrets. We did everything. We have an amazing marriage. Um, and we feel like we did, we feel good. Like we did everything we could. And now we also know that like the life that we have is the life 
that we're meant to be living. And right. we don't have any regrets. We know, like, the thing I never wanted to live with was what if, what if there was something else we could have done? Of course. And we had aged, just so you know, because people always ask about adoption, we absolutely would have adopted. But the problem is that when you're a 45 and 48-year-old couple living in a one-bedroom apartment in New York City with no more money, there's no way to get adoption unless we would have had lots of money to pay for like a very private adoption. And we weren't in that position anymore. And so, you know, regular adoption, they look at a couple our age and whatever, and we would not, we don't qualify. Qualify. So yeah. So that's our journey. I know it doesn't sound like a happy ending, but um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think so many people don't hear that side of the fertility journey, right? Yeah. They don't hear about, I mean, we know of donated embryos, but we don't hear of the stories like yours of, I we put everything out on the table, we did everything we could, and now f- seemingly so very content with what you had done and, and your life now. And I think a lot of people can't see that when they're in it. They don't yeah. see that it, there's, it's even possible to have go on with life without succeeding on this fertility yeah. journey and having a baby at the end. But I think there is some beauty in, in knowing that there's other people out there that can see in the rearview mirror to say, okay, this, this is what was meant for our life. And we really did try everything that we possibly could. And there's so much to be said for that. I I say that with divorce and with fertility and all the things you want to make sure that you gave everything you have and put it all on the table before you earn the right essentially to walk away and say, I did it all because you don't want to have that regret later because that will come to haunt you at some point. So again, thank you so much for sharing all aspects of that story and the adoption portion of it. I have so many people that are like, we don't qualify because we've both been married before twice or whatever it may be. There's always kind of like nuances that people don't talk about to recognize, unfortunately, there's many children that need homes. Well, and and even with the embryo donation, I'm not going to lie, we, there were a lot of couples who would not donate their embryos to us because of our ages and that we lived in New York City in an apartment. Like it was not easy. Like when the, when the two different couples that wanted us to have their embryos chose us, it felt unbelievable. These were really aligned people that, you know, shared very similar values to us and whatever, but it was a tough road out there. But look, here's what I have to say. I think that like, that everybody should, should pursue what they, what they, all the roads that they want to pursue. And, and you may have to like, kind of, it's a lot of emotional bandwidth. It's a lot. And it's a lot on your body. I mean, like after I stopped all of those treatments, it took me a year and a half to like basically recover my body. I mean, I had been injecting myself with hormones and drugs for a decade almost, right? Right. And, and I really was going through menopause at the same time, right? I'm 55 right now. So, yeah. um, you know, I think we do what we feel we really want to do. And it's very hard when people outside of you are saying, you know, don't you want to, you know, friends who love you and they're saying like, wow, don't you want to take a break maybe and give yourself a break? And my husband and I, we have a, we have a saying, I have a podcast episode that's called this. And what we said was you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. And 
I was not of an age where I wanted to take pauses or take breaks because if I was going to have a baby, I was, I'm also not an, you know, I'm not a jerk. I knew that like, if I was bringing a child into the world and I was 50, we knew that that was a big decision to make for a kid too, right? For that child to have parents who were 70 when they were 20. I mean, my parents were 24 when they had me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm very aware of all of that. And we took all of it into consideration. And I think one really important thing, if I can leave anyone listening, if this helps, you've got to just, you and your partner just have to decide what you want to do. And there comes times when you just have to block out the noise and you just have to like not listen to anyone else and go with what feels right to you. And, and for some people, what feels right is they would have stopped way sooner than us. Some people would have stopped way sooner, you know? Um, so everyone's got to take their, their own journey. And I also do know that with all the things we did, it's more likely that you would have success than not. And, and, and a big part of what happened with me was I, you know, I try not to look in the rearview mirror, but I might've changed doctors sooner. Right. And I I think for anybody, again, who's listening to to recognize being your own advocate in these areas and listening to that gut feeling of like, something just doesn't seem right. And go with that. Get a second opinion. It doesn't mean that you have to change clinics, but at least talk to someone else, get their opinion of what they might do differently. And you can always take that back to your doctor and say, hey, I spoke to Dr. Joe Schmo down the street. This is what he said. What do you have to say about that? Right? It just totally. makes them think a little bit. And again, the thank you so much for sharing all of that because there's so many aspects of that right now that we're dealing with, with a lot of people coming of, you know, never thinking they're going to go with egg donors never thinking that they'll go down a route of um, embryo adoption. And quite honestly, there are so many embryos now that Ugh. need places to go. Oh my and God. It's the option is either donate them and, or, you know, do an adoption, whatever you want to call it, or destroy them. And, right. you know, and that was what became so frustrating for us was we were like, oh my God, there we know that there are so many embryos that people aren't going to going to use. And, you know, I understand like it's a big deal. Genetic material is genetic material, but especially when there are people who are, who had used both donor egg and donor sperm, um, you know, look, you got to find the right people and right. you have to have the right arrangement relationship, whatever is important to you, but it's possible. And, yes. you know, and I that's the bottom tell- line, I think, is your yeah. story is is an example from my perspective of what is possible, right? Yeah. So to say, don't give up, keep going, keep digging, yeah. keep turning over those stones if that's really what you want to go after and and keep keep on that that avenue as much as you yeah. possibly can. And like you said earlier, only you know when it's time to to walk away and yeah. nobody, nothing can can tell you otherwise. So find your team that's going to help support you on that journey and and go what for what you're after. So yes. well, I'm so glad that we went down that path, but how can people find you? So my website, www.stacybrassrussell.com. 
um, on that website, there's a page of resources. So if anyone listening, now that we've diverged to fertility, right. nothing there for fertility, but if, <laughs> if you are, if you are a, a starting out coach or, you know, or a service-based entrepreneur and you go to the resources page on my website, I've got a bunch of things that actually address what, what, uh, Elizabeth and I talked about today, finding your authentic voice, creating your signature offer, um, all of that juicy, good stuff, but some money mindset stuff in there. So you can download some resources. I also have a podcast, Passionate and Prosperous, um, which is available everywhere. And then of course on the socials, but you know, the website's kind of a good place to go and check out what's available. Well, thank you so much for your time today and how you show up to serve coaches in the way that you do in such a, a unique, holistic, beautiful way, because I know that it is so needed and it was great to, to have a chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really uh, grateful that we got to talk. And also I'm glad that we got to kind of include the fertility because I know that that's your specialty. And, you know, um, I hope that the stories serves your audience. I'm sure it will. If, if it only, if only one person gets to hear that and gives them some hope, that, that's enough, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully it gives them hope. I don't want anyone to feel like it's a sad story. I want them to no. feel like it's a story of hope. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I took it. Good. All right. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.